0: Hello. Good day to you, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I uh, greet you all, you and your household, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and I trust you are doing well. We are on the subject of the Blood Covenant, and this will be lesson number 35 in this subject. I didn't, when we started this, I didn't know we would go that far, but we have gone and we have shared a lot of different things. We talked about the Old Covenant. Then we talked about the Yahweh name, you know, God's covenant name and the different attributes of that name. You have a Shammah, you have a Raphael, and you have Sitkanu, so on and so forth. We talked about the different promises of the Old Covenant. Then we talked about the uh, transition from the Old to the New Covenant. And now we are talking about the blessings of the New Covenant, how that whatever Everything that God had promised to the people of Israel in the old covenant, He has all those things, all those blessings, and even more, and not only that, in an enhanced fashion in the new covenant. So, we have been talking for the past three days uh, about Yahweh Raphael because such a powerful subject, God's uh, promises of healing in the, in the new covenant, uh, just like. In the Old Covenant, he was Yahweh Raphaim, the Lord that healeth thee. In the New Covenant, we don't have Yahweh Rapha, but we have Jesus Christ our healer. Hallelujah. So we are talking about that. Anyway, let's go to Acts chapter 3 verses 13 to 16. And this is interesting. This is actually the story of that uh, lame man, uh, that crippled man who was lame from his mother's womb in uh, Acts chapter 3 who was healed at the beautiful gate of the temple. He used to uh, sit and beg at the gate called Beautiful. And then Peter and John came along and God used them to heal the man. So we've so far been talking about the ministry of Jesus. Now we are going to the ministry of the apostles. But I want to give you a background verse before I go into Acts. uh, This verse I just read for you. Uh, And that is Acts 1-1. Now the book of Acts was written by Luke, uh, uh, who who was the one who wrote the Gospel of Luke, one of the disciples of Jesus. And this this is how he begins the Gospel, uh, I mean, sorry, the book of Acts, okay? Acts 1-1. Please listen to this. This is how the book of Acts actually begins. He says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, in, uh, in other words, he was writing to a man called Theophilus, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. The former treatise means the former um, uh, writing or the former letter in which he is uh, he is referring to the Gospel of Luke. He said, uh, he says, uh, what he's saying is that O Theophilus, my former uh, paper or letter that I wrote uh, and, and that was the gospel, gospel of Luke. And now this is his second writing, which is the book of Acts. He says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. This is interesting because what he's saying, he's saying is that in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke, O Theophilus, I wrote about all the things that the Lord Jesus began to to teach and to do. In other words, in this letter of the book of Acts, I'm going to write to you about the things that Jesus has continued to do and to teach. So in in, in other words that uh, Jesus, the Gospels is, is not about everything Jesus taught and did. But the gospel was about the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were about what Jesus taught, what Jesus began to teach and to, uh, and to do. And in the book of Acts, it is the story of what Jesus continued to do through his apostles. All right, it continued to do through his apostles. In other words, um, you see the the scriptures were not complete. The scriptures were not complete. Uh, Jesus actually taught and preached the Old Testament scriptures, and that's what they used to teach. And, and after Jesus died upon the cross, it, and uh, you know, the Holy Ghost came and it was a couple of decades later uh, or three decades later that the uh, first books of the New Testament were written. And when the New Testament was uh, uh, complete Then it was complete and of course, that means that um, I cannot add to it. You know, nobody can say, well, I'm an apostle, so I'm going to add a book to the New Testament. No one can do that. That is complete. But what he's saying is that Jesus continued to do and to teach. He began to continue giving his word and he continued to do miracles and although he stopped giving uh, the scriptures until the last book of the New Testament was written. But he continues to do his works, his miracles, because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So we have to look at the gospel, uh, the book of Acts, not as you know, they call the book of Acts, the acts of the apostles. But a more accurate description of the book of Acts should be the acts of Jesus through his apostles. So it is the healing ministry of Jesus that continues through the apostles. And... um, Anyway, you see the continuation. We see in Luke, in Acts chapter 3, 13 to 16, and this is the healing of the lame man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And after he gets, you know, he was crippled. He was paralyzed from his mother's womb. And then when he got healed, he ran straight into the temple and he was leaping and he was walking and and praising God and everybody was excited. And, and then... Um, Peter got up and he began to preach. Peter was full of the Holy Ghost. he began to preach and he began to preach about Jesus and he began to um, and and he began to explain to the people how this man had been healed because the the scriptures tell us uh, the previous verses before the thirteenth verse it says when the people saw um um, the the people saw the lame man who was now walking. How he was holding on to Peter and John. They were, they, you know, they were looking at, looking at, looking admiringly at Peter and John. And uh, and he says, uh, Peter begins to say, "You men of Israel, why do you look at us as though we, by our own power or holiness, have made this man to walk?" Then he began to glorified Jesus. And he said, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his son, Jesus, who you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. When he was determined to let him go, he tells them straight because they were there. He says, "Um, you know, and this was in the temple, in the temple, he's confronting those Jews and he's telling them, he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus who you delivered us and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of life whom God has raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom ye see and know ye the faith which is by him, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So what he's saying is he's giving them uh, an explanation of how this lame man could walk. The first thing he says that we have not made this lame man to walk by our own power or holiness. He says, we have not Made this lame man to walk by our power or our holiness. It says, but his name, the name of Jesus, his name. We just mentioned his name. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Who you know? It says there's two things here. The first, uh, you know, there's 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 two factors, but the first factor is the name of Jesus. He says the name of Jesus through faith in his name he says we spoke the name and we have faith in the name because Jesus had said to us that in my name you shall cast out devils in my name you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so he said so his name and and through faith in his name. Now he didn't say Jesus came down from heaven and healed this man. He said we spoke his name and there is such power in the mention of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that when we spoke his name through faith in his name and then the second thing he says the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all. He says the faith that we have Through Jesus, the faith that Jesus has given us has made this man whole. So there's two factors, two main factors we see here in the first great miracle of the book of Acts. He says his name, through faith in his name, and the faith which is by him. So these are two things that you and I, uh, beloved, we got to learn about. We got to study this. The name of Jesus. What is the power in the name of Jesus? What? Why is the name of Jesus so powerful? God says that God has given to him. God has exalted Jesus above all things and given to him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Then he says, things that are in heaven, things that are on earth, things under the earth. That means whatever dimension these things exist in, whether they're in the heavenly or on the earthly or in the world, in the demonic realm. He said every knee has to bow, everything has to submit and to bow before the name of Jesus. And every tongue has to confess, and that the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ to the Lord is Lord, that is how God is glorified. So he says that every knee has to bow. Things in the heavenly bow. Things on earth, demons, diseases, no matter what they are, under the earth, have to bow before Jesus. So he says his name, which has so much power in the heavenly, on the earth and under the earth, demons and diseases bow to that name. That name has Heal this man, and he says, "Then that, then the faith which is by him, the you know faith is a powerful thing. The faith that we have because of Jesus, the faith we are men of faith, and the faith that we have because of Jesus. These two things working together have made this man completely whole in your presence, so that." you see it hallelujah so we see the power of the name and the power of faith and these are two things beloved it's important that we study these in the scriptures and discover these uh the the power of the name and faith amen these are two things that are very important okay acts 4 verse 10 it is when after this man had been healed of course you know the pharisees heard the the chief priests they got very angry and they pulled peter and john into this before their council and they questioned them he says uh by you know by what name or by what authority have you healed this man it was as if they had to have his their permission before they could hear (laughs) they could Uh, Because before they could heal anybody, how dare you do this? By what power, by what name, by what authority have you done this? And Peter answered, he said, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he points his finger at them, he says, Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, because they were the ones who were the main perpetrators, they are the ones who misled the people, uh, and they are the ones who wanted to see Jesus crucified. He says, Whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand before you whole? He says, It is because of Jesus. You rejected him. You crucified him. But God raised him from the dead. And it is because of Jesus, this lame man, has been made whole. And and he can stand. And uh, anyway... Then then they threatened him. The Bible tells us how they you know how they threatened him and they told them you are not to speak in that name anymore. So they understood the power of the name of Jesus because they had said, By what power or by what name have you done this? So You know, they understood that they knew the power of the name. They said, by what power or by what name have you done this? And of course, for them, the power was the power of the Holy Ghost and the name, the name was the name of Jesus. And so they said, it's because of Jesus that this man stands. So they said, we forbid you from doing anything in the name of Jesus and then they beat them you know they, they beat them and then they let them go and so they came back home to their own people the apostles uh, Peter and John actually uh, with this threat ringing in the ears that you are no longer to speak in the name of Jesus and when they came back to their own people they all began to pray uh, the church they began to pray and look how they prayed and uh, they prayed and this is how they ended the prayer and then he says and now lord behold their threatenings they said lord you listen to the threats of these people and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word so actually bowing to the threats of the high priest was out of the question they said lord you know their threats that we are not to speak in the name of jesus anymore but we ask you to grant us the boldness to speak your word lord give us boldness to speak your word you see because it is in the speaking of the word that is the key the power of god is in the speaking of the word if you stop preaching the word of god and you start giving your own stories your own theories there is no power that is why i'm saying a lot of a lot of people these days they don't preach the word anymore they give stories, you know, and it's like motivational speaking, and it's like pep talks, and, uh, you know, they see you at the top type of thing. And people like it. Oh, people, religious people love that because it affirms them because it. You see, affirmation. You know what that does. There's there's a Biblical affirmation in which you affirm people who they, who they are in Christ. But there's another uh, affirmation which is not based on the Bible. It is not based on repentance. It is not based on people making things right with God and having an earnest desire to walk with Jesus. It is actually made uh, that kind of affirmation. It massages people's flesh. That's what it does. It says, Oh you are good. God loves you. You know you are doing okay. And there is an element of truth in it there is. But it's affirming people affirming their flesh. Making oh God loves you just the way you are and I'm going to tell you how to be a better you. No. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you got you can't be a better you. You got to be crucified. And uh, and you you got to put your flesh to death and so that God may do his work in you. But anyway, but uh, they they said lord give us boldness to preach thy word because it is only the word that breaks the chains of satan from people's lives so that's what we are called to do we are called to preach the word of the living god and let the word fall where it may and let the word do its work and he says lord give us the boldness to speak your word And by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. So it says, Lord, give us the boldness to speak your word, but let the word be accompanied with you stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. So what they were asking God for was not just the preaching of the word, but that the word should be accompanied by God stretching out his hand to heal. And that is what that is the key. Beloved, listen, I want to tell you this thing. It's not just enough to preach good sermons. You know, you, you switch on your TV, you watch this famous preacher and he preaches a good sermon and he say, oh, that was rich. Listen, it was not rich. It was poor unless it was accompanied by God stretching out his hand to heal. And that signs and wonders are done by the hand of his holy child, Jesus. So what I'm saying is that miracles, this is God's divine order because healing is a part of the new covenant. In the new covenant, when the word of God is spoken, signs, wonders and miracles must accompany his word. I mean, I go to Pentecostal, so-called Pentecostal meetings and, 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 and these big uh, conventions and councils where signs don't follow the word. Listen, that is not the way it should be. If there are no miracles, then it is not Pentecostal. It is dead. Just say that Christopher Alam said that. If miracles don't accompany the word, if Jesus doesn't stretch out his hand to do miracles and to confirm the word that uh, is being preached, we are wasting our time. Just say that I said that, okay? Because because it says, this is how the apostles prayed. They said, Lord, grant unto your servants that with all boldness they speak your word, and then, Lord, that you stretch out your hand. Because, see, we cannot do miracles. We can speak the word. But when we speak the word, God stretches out his hand. Hallelujah. And he confirms his word with miracles, signs, and wonders. So he says, Lord, we give us the boldness to preach your word. And, Lord, that you come alongside and you stretch out your hand, To heal those that are sick. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And so when God stretches out his hand, miracles happen when we speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So it is a three-step thing. Firstly, we preach the word. Secondly, God stretches out his hand. And thirdly, we speak the name of Jesus. And when these things happen, God will do it, but these things happen only if we call out to God, not if we wish. You look at the way that these apostles actually cried out to God for these things when they were under threat, when they were under persecution, they were not asking for their own safety. Like in America right now, you know, the government says you can't meet and all that. And you know what people do? People get on the Internet and they're protesting, talking about the liberals and talking about this conspiracy. Listen, that is not what God has mandated us to do, to talk about conspiracies and and discuss. God has said, we. Listen, pastors, this is what you got to do. You got to get on your knees, get your church together, get on your knees, and ask God to give you boldness to speak His word. And ask Jesus Christ to stretch forth His hand to heal, and that signs and wonders and miracles be done through the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That is the most appropriate, and the most fitting, and the correct. Response: If you feel that your religious liberties are being threatened, if that is how you feel, if you feel so strong about it, so instead of going out on Facebook and protesting and griping and complaining and you know going to do to do uh, lawsuits or or whatever, whatever or. Bad mounting people, the best thing to do is to get your church together, get on your knees and call out to God and say, God, give us boldness to speak your word. And Lord, we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders and miracles may be done through the name of your holy son Jesus. That is the only fitting and the most appropriate response to what we are facing these days, men of God. Praise God. And then it says says what happened when they had prayed. And when they had prayed, the moment they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Beloved, as I said to you pastors, beloved, this is how we should be praying. And because complaining won't bring down the Holy Ghost. Complaining won't shake your church. But when we when we call out to God and we call out to God to heal and Jesus stretches out his hand. He said, when we pray that kind of prayer, the Holy Ghost fell and the place was shaken. And, and they, were, they were all, the whole church was filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with great boldness because that's what they had asked God for. Boldness to speak the word, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said. Any of them that ought of the things that he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Now this is a sign of revival because when revival comes, people are filled with the Holy Ghost. They get bold. Suddenly one thing that happens, they lose in their pockets. They begin to give, they begin to give to the poor, they begin to help people. And and then verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witnesses. Witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. He said, With great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. With great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And it says, Acts 5 12, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. He said, after that, by the hands of the apostles, there were signs and wonders done among the people by the apostles. And he says, uh, then he says, uh, acts fourteen three long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony to the Word of His grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by the hand. It's like they were flowing in the miraculous. I mean, they prayed, the place was shaken, Holy Ghost came, and after that they were speaking boldly, God the answer to the prayer, God give us boldness to preach the word. Holy Ghost comes. The Holy Ghost will always come when we pray. That kind of prayer. Place was shaken. They're full of the Holy Ghost. They went out and preached the word of God boldly. And God began to cause miracles to flow. Miracles were flowing in the church. Miracles were flowing through the hands of the apostles. And he says, God granted signs and wonders to be done by the hands. Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, this is what ends this uh, um, this uh, point of uh, which has taken me four lessons about Jesus Christ is our healer, which is the New Covenant equivalent of the Old Covenant, Yahweh Rapha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Is that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? And if he stretched out his hand to heal and to do miracles in the book of Acts, he does the same things today. If his name had power in the book of Acts, his name still has power today. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is the unchanging Christ. He has never changed. Glory be to his name. I want you to be aware of that, my friends, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he is a healer and he is with us. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, God bless you. And tomorrow we'll talk about how God gives us victory which is the equivalent of the Old Testament, Yavenisi, the Lord, uh, our victory. But in the New Covenant, we have wonderful promises of victory that God has promised us. And we will talk about that tomorrow. But let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for a hand of mercy and blessing upon them. I ask you to touch each person, if there be any sick person in their house father heal them in jesus name father in the name of jesus touch and bless them Now i want all of you who are listening to me to stretch out your hands father i ask you to anoint these hands with the fire the power of your holy spirit so that when these hands are laid upon the sick the sick shall recover do many miracles through them in the name of jesus now this is what i want you to do i want you to go forth and start praying for the sick and uh, Say, Lord, I'm making myself available to you. Pray for the sick because Jesus Christ is a healer and he is the same today. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you and I'll be seeing you tomorrow.